0: You have asked yourself all the questions that we brought to your attention. And now we need to help you prepare your home for your pet. So Miranda, give us some of your top tips for preparing your home for a new pet.
1: The very first tip that I would recommend is don't wait until you're actually bringing your pet home to prepare your home for them. This is something you should probably consider doing at least a couple of weeks ahead of time so that you can buy any supplies that you might need, make any changes to your home that might, or adjustments that might be needed. Safety is kind of the, the big thing to keep in mind when you are going to bring a new pet home. So you want to pet proof your home. You know, if you think about a young child, especially when they're a toddler and they're exploring and they're curious about everything. You want to avoid having your child go into areas that could be dangerous for them. So it's the same thing with a pet, whether it's a cat or a dog or any other pet that could end up potentially exploring different areas.
0: Oh, yeah, because they're going to be new space. They either have to search for a hiding spot so they can recover, quote unquote, recover from the change. They're also going to look around and do perimeter searches of the, the space that they've been brought into. As we've talked about, their instincts are going to kick in and they're going to want to make sure that things are relatively safe. Definitely pet proofing your home. And making sure that there's not small spaces, especially cats or smaller dogs, they may find small spaces that you didn't even think about. Mm -hmm. That's number one. I won't even move all of my things into a house until I've completely cat proofed the house. Mm -hmm. I look at everything, Mm -hmm. I'll get on their field of vision and I start to think like the animal. A lot of times we don't decide to do that and we can overlook stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. When you are, Pet-proofing a home, you might think that it's just be your living room area or your kitchen area, but it's actually, it's all areas of your home you need to consider, even the garage. And if you have a yard, your yard as well. These pose a lot of risks to your pet. Some areas to consider in the kitchen is your garbage can. Can the pet easily get into the garbage can? Because if they can get into the garbage, they could end up eating things that, could be toxic for them. It could cause obstructions in their body. Mm-hmm. Especially
0: younger animals, they observe and explore the world with their mouths.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's a good idea to get a garbage can that has some kind of a locker prevention system to it that they're not going to be able to get into.
0: Exactly. So, what are some of the tips that you can give us on how to make sure we cover our bases?
1: So what you mentioned about the, the hiding spaces or the small areas, if you can become aware of where these might be, you want to find ways to block them off. Maybe you have to cover them up with a board or something. You might have to get creative and find different ways to, to cover them up and in a way that they're not going to be able to undo however it is that you covered them up with. Other things to consider is, well, cats like to, to get on top of things. If you think about their hunting instincts, they like to get up high so that they can potentially see their prey and be able to look around and see things. Or if they wanting to get to a window or something like that because they want to be able to look outside. You generally are going to end up having cats that are going to jump up on counters and dressers and different things like this. So the best way to try to prevent this from happening is to provide them with areas that they can safely do this. Get them cat trees or perches. Some people get really creative and build fancy things around their home if you want to get to that point of things. Another thing you can consider is creating a catio outside, which you can either create on your own or there's also businesses that will create that for you. Yeah. This allows them to be able to access the outdoors and get that stimulation and that while keeping them safe from prey and and that type of thing.
0: Yeah, and one thing that I'm a big proponent of, when you bring any animal not any animal, because some animals are in cages, but a dog or a cat that have free range of the space that they are living in, you need to keep the spaces small until they get adapted. You do not want to bring in a dog or a cat into a home, a large home, or even a medium-sized home, and allow them free reign of the house, because then you're going to end up having spaces that you'd never even thought about that the cats can either get stuck in they will be out of sight for like a week my two when we brought my two in uh, Maisie and Frankie we brought them in to our home a year ago and I made sure when I have a small house our house is like maybe 1100 square feet really small house but they did not have anywhere that they could go and hide that wasn't in the living room and dining room. And my living room and dining room is connected. So kitchen stayed closed off. The bathroom stayed closed off. The bedroom stayed closed off. All, the whole house stayed closed off except for those main common areas. And they hid behind the radiator and under the radiator for a week. But because they were in the rooms that we frequent all of the time, we were able to make sure that they were safe And we were able to stay in their space so they could adapt to us. And every time I brought an animal into my home, I did the same thing. If I had multiple animals and I had brought one in, then I had to keep them separated for a little bit. Let that one cat adapt to the smells and adapt to their new energies, the new space. Even some of the cats may come up to the door, Mm -hmm. but they can sense that there's another animal. It was a really good transition for that one animal. For the most part, we did talk about the one cat that was not very keen on having new animals, but for the most part, and I've had many animals, having them separate for a little bit in cat-proof areas allowed them to transition easily. And my two little ones, the other thing that we did is we allowed them to choose when they were ready to come to us. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I didn't have to worry about them going into spaces, but I also did not want to add to their fear by touching and picking them up and and doing all of these things that they were uncomfortable with because they were wild cats. They did not come from a shelter. They had never really spent any time with humans. Mm -hmm. And so my husband and I would just let them do what they needed to do. And once they got brave, they would go and explore the house and they would do it. And within a week, they were lab cats because they chose Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that we were safe for them. And they didn't have to worry about scary things Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and scary spaces because we had the home small for them. And to this day, they're a year old and they still really only get... The living room and dining room, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, my office, which those are the rooms that we spend all the time in. So that's something to also remember. Even dogs will probably feel more comfortable if they don't have a large space to get accustomed to. They can just get accustomed to something small and then you slowly allow them to have space to go into other places of your home.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. Both dogs and cats are territorial. It's easier for them to protect their territory if they've got a smaller territory to protect rather than a huge house that they're having to run all over the place in order to try to protect it. And that can be really stressful for them. So so creating a smaller space, they don't need to have access to everywhere. And People who feel that they do are usually thinking about it from a humanizing point of view, feeling like, oh, well, you know, we're um, taking something away from them by not allowing them to go wherever they want. It's really important to think that they're not humans and that they don't think about things in the same way that we do, but also giving them personal space. As human beings, we just tend to be, oh, oh, they're so cute. I just want to hold them. Oh, I just want to be able to pet them all the time. And and we're usually consistently pushing ourselves into their space. This is one area where it is similar to humans in that human being doesn't want somebody always touching them or always in their personal space. They want to have that respected. It's the kind of the same thing with, with animals. It's just allowing them to be able to, to come to you. It doesn't mean that once they get comfortable with you and have that relationship with you that you can't go and pet them and give them attention at times, but you just don't want to do that all the time. Yeah. And especially when they're adjusting to a new environment, you want to give them that time to get used to you first.
0: Yeah. And the one thing I noticed when we allowed them, we gave our little ones the space to feel comfortable. And when they did decide that, okay, we were safe, they trust us implicitly. There is no question They trust us. We can hold them in submissive positions. They have always exposed their belly to us, which is a sign of trust and submission in our way. It's it's a good way because they're not Mm -hmm. fearful. It's been amazing watching these animals trust us so much that we are their security. We're their soft place. When there's a noise out there that scares them, they want to be near the humans because we're going to protect them. Because they trust us so much. And we we don't invade their privacy all the time. I don't like it when cats are quiet and don't do anything for an hour. <laughs> I think I mentioned that for <laughs> in our last episode. I always like to know where my animals are. Mm-hmm. And if I don't see or hear them for a few hours, I need to find out. Sometimes it may not even go a half an hour. If I see them and then all of a sudden I don't. I'm like, well, let me go check where the animals are to make sure that they're safe, Mm -hmm. to make sure they're not getting into anything and to know when they are sleeping and to know when I should give them more space. Cats need their sleep. Dogs need their sleep. That REM sleep that is so important for humans is just as equally important in animals. Allow them their space. Allow them their space. Let them come to you. When they're adapting to a new home, a new energy, allow them the space to do that, and then you're going to end up having an animal also that can follow your training, your boundaries, your house rules a lot easier because they trust you. They know they know that you have their best interests at heart and that you mm-hmm. are there to nurture them.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that's recommended for kittens or cats, especially if you do have other animals in the home or young children in the home is to create a sanctuary for them before you bring them home. What this means is that you you select an area in your home, maybe it's the bedroom, maybe it's the laundry room, maybe it's the bathroom, maybe it's a closet, but some area where you can shut the door and keep the other animals or the children out. This involves a conversation as well, which I'll get into in a little bit here. But in the sanctuary, what you want is you want them to have a place to sleep having a crate or a kennel or a box of some sort that they can sleep in. And if you know much about cats, you might have noticed that they have a tendency to like to be in bags and boxes and different things like this. And this is a natural instinct for them because they like to have a lookout. It creates a feeling of safety for them that they're kind of protected on their sides and maybe over above and they just have a lookout to be able to see what's going on in their environment. And sometimes they'll do this if they're not feeling safe in their environment as well, which is something to keep in mind later on if you see them doing that a lot. So creating some safe hiding spots for them. So you're getting rid of the unsafe ones, but if you create some safe ones for them that they can go into, that's a good idea. Having the cat tree or the perch or whatever in there if possible, that may not always be possible depending on where they are. Like if they're in a closet, that's not going to really be an option, but having something that they can scratch on is still good. You can get a scratching pad or something like that so that they can do their natural instincts because that's just part of what a cat does. You want to also have their, their feeding, their sleeping area, and their litter box in that area as well, which need to be far enough apart from each other so that it's sanitary, as well as some toys and some grooming supplies, so that it's all in the same area. And then you want to give them time to be by themselves, and then you want to periodically go in there and spend some time with them. So that just means sitting in there with them, not going and petting them, not you know unless they choose to. So you can try to interact them with them with the toys. You might be able to interact with them with the grooming if they're willing to come close enough to you to allow that. But it's just getting them used to you being there and developing a trust with you being there. After they've been in the sanctuary for a week or maybe two, depending on how stressed they might be, then you can start introducing them to the other animals you can start getting them introduced to the other members in the household and maybe they might be ready to start exploring some other areas of the home
0: yeah and as they do get to that point and they do start to explore you really need to be ultra ultra aware because you may have missed something Mm -hmm. so as they're wandering to different rooms just do scans. Every time you see them in another room, do a scan. Is there things that can get broken? Mm -hmm. Is there enough space to get behind the washing machine Mm -hmm. or the dryer? Dryers always end up going outside. So is that place contained? Mm -hmm. Have you thought about that? Mm -hmm. If you haven't thought about that first, then you need to be hyper aware when they start to explore your home. Right, And you start to allow them into other rooms. You need to really pay attention. Did I get everything? Are they safe? Mm -hmm. You don't want to like all of a sudden realize, oh crap, there's a plant in this one room and I totally forgot about it. And now it's chewing on this plant and and you don't know whether it's poisonous or not, it's one of those things that can be very, very, very stressful for the owner. Mm -hmm. Just like your kids. When you have a baby that all of a sudden starts to to crawl, and the next thing you know it, it's starting to climb on things. Did you take care of everything? Be hyper aware. You want to make sure that, the cupboards are not wide open. You want to make sure that I, I mentioned the laundry room. That could be a, a big area. If you have a laundry room, a lot of times there's things in there that are not cat friendly and not dog friendly. Mm-hmm. They're chewing on things. The dryer vents are normally kind of squishy and flexible. There's a lot of stuff that they can get into. Mm-hmm. There are the cleaners and the chemicals, maybe your water heaters in that room and You just need to really be very careful about that stuff. Also, you got to start to enforce the boundaries. I don't let my cats on the counters. Mm -hmm. So even now, after a year, if the kitchen is open, I am hyper aware to make sure that they're not getting on the counter. Mm -hmm. On the counters, they can get into stuff. Mm -hmm. They can break glasses. They can knock things over. They can get into things that they're not supposed to get into. Yeah. You need to be hyper aware and start enforcing Mm -hmm. house rules compassionately. (laughs) I very rarely yell at my cats. If you speak in a certain tone or if you make a certain noise, that's a really great trigger for them. We found out that our cats respond to just that simple sound. And that will be like, oh, we got to get out of the kitchen now. It's, we're not yelling at them. We're not scaring them. We're not putting fear into them. Because when they're just starting to explore, you do not want to bring them back to that mm-hmm. moment that they felt when you brought them into the house for the very first day and having that fear. You want them to feel comfortable enough to explore their territory mm-hmm. without getting harmed and without being shouted out or yelled or being subjected to fear.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's so many areas that we could talk about in terms of how to make your home safe for them. But it would be a really long episode if we were to talk about all of them. So essentially, you you want to try to think about what what behaviors are typical for a dog or for a cat or maybe any other pet you might bring in. What might they end up doing? If they were in nature, what kind of behaviors would they end up having and What changes can you make in accordance to what those behaviors might be?
0: Yeah, absolutely. This episode was chock full of so much great information. We decided to split it into two parts so we can bring you all of the information you need to make the best and most informed choices for your pet.